and also with you. Let's pray. God, we love you, and we want to hear from you today. We don't don't, don't want to just uh, be uh, preoccupied with interesting facts. We don't want to be moved simply in our affections, but, Lord, we want to be called by your Spirit to believe good news. So, Lord, have your way among us, we pray. Be with us, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Friends, uh, I walked out the door this morning without my preacher's Bible, so I feel a bit sheepish. Uh, I'm like pulp. I'm I'm a little pulpit naked this morning, so uh, I'll be using the Bible from uh, my phone. <clears throat> and uh, the the passage from Isaiah starts like this this morning: If only you, God, would tear open the heavens and come down. Mountains would quake before you, like fire igniting brushwood or making water boil. If you would make your name known to your enemies, the nations would tremble in your presence. Friends, today we proclaim into our, our world full of longing, full of unmet expectations and unfulfilled desires. Today we proclaim the good news that God's presence meets us in our waiting and longing to heal and to save this Advent. God's presence meets us in our waiting and longing to heal and to save this Advent. Um, my wife and I have been married 17 years, 17 wonderful, glorious, blissful, never a dull moment years. And the first six years of our marriage, we tried to have kids and could not. Uh, we tried the conventional ways, all of them, and none of them worked. And so we decided that uh, it was a, it was a it was extremely difficult for us. We had friends that would like go on their honeymoon and, and have birth control on their honeymoon and get pregnant. Uh, and they didn't want to get pregnant. We had friends that were getting pregnant and uh, didn't want to get pregnant uh, in other ways too. And, uh, and we hear these stories and we would try to rejoice with them because uh, for the most part they were happy about these babies. But we were really present to our lack. And... There's a lot of things we lacked in that season of our life, but um, and some of them maybe were uh, uh, peripherally important or superfluous. You know, they weren't necessary or crucial or vital, but this felt for us like something we had both been created for, and it was really difficult for us to go without something we felt was central to our calling as a married couple. So we were living in Chicago at the time, and we decided to investigate adoption. There were lots of options for adoption. Some were exceedingly expensive, and others were ridiculously expensive. Uh, so we, like, they were all expensive. And so we went with this program through a uh, adoption agency in the northern suburbs of Illinois that had a grant associated to it where they would pay for half of the cost of adoption. So yes, we went to the big lots of adoption agencies to find the, uh, the adoption we could afford. So this agency practiced what was known as open adoption. Does anybody know what that is? So there's closed adoption where you kind of get your child and the child never has contact with birth mother or birth family and you don't even uh, sometimes know birth mother or birth family, right? So a lot of adoptions that happen overseas are still closed adoptions. A lot of domestic adoptions are now open adoptions where the child, the birth family uh, meets with the adoptive family 
and they all agree you're going to adopt our child. And then there's agreed upon meetings throughout the child's life with the adoptive family. In fact, most domestic places do this now, and there's all kinds of reasons, psychological, sociological, for the kid. It uh, apparently is, is better for them and their development and those kinds of things. So we had to fill out this dossier. It felt like, a, uh, it felt like we were auditioning to be chosen to raise somebody's kid. We had to fill this dossier, pictures, stories, all kinds of things, and give it to this agency. And then when moms, usually it was moms, would come in to look for a family to adopt, they would flip through these dossiers and, and they would decide, I want to meet this family to see if they're going to adopt my child. So the first child was uh, this little boy named Christopher. He was born and left in the nursery at the hospital for six weeks. And his mother selected our profile, loved us. And so when we got selected, we had been in the process, I don't know, about 18 months by this point. So we got selected. We got super excited. We went out and uh, we had already redone the nursery. We had already... uh, when I say redone the nursery, redone my office to become a nursery. We had already bought the, the baby carrier and the car seat and put it in the car. It was already in the car. We had the uh, diapers or we had diapers stocked in the in the dresser. We had uh, the baby wipes ready to put be put in the warmer that already had water in it. It was ready to be plugged in. I mean, we were ready to go. And so Christopher's mom, Kristen was her name. This was 2006. She calls us and says, hey, let's meet at, uh, was it a McDonald's or something? Some classy joint. Let's meet at McDonald's. <laughs> and so we were, I think it was in February. So our plan was to meet at McDonald's. And the day of our meeting, there was a blizzard in Chicago. And probably seven or eight inches fell that day. Wind was blowing everywhere. And she called about a half an hour before we were ready to leave and canceled the meeting. And... We said, okay, well, we'll reschedule for the following week. Well, between the time of our first meeting and the rescheduled meeting, she decided to keep the child. And we found out from a phone call from the adoption agency. I remember where I was when we received that phone call. I remember uh, I was out on our little patio that looked out over our, the, the pool that we had in our condo association and this fountain that I, I couldn't stand. And Sharon was inside, and I remember her telling me, and I remember both of us felt like we had just lost a baby. It was tragic. Over the next three months, we had two more birth moms select us, only to decide after they selected us to keep their child. So (laughs) that season was really hard, (laughs) really hard for my family. Can anyone relate to being in a season of waiting for something good and having to deal with unmet expectations and unfulfilled desires? Today we're waiting for a permanent place to meet. The soup kitchen, God bless it, is great. Thank you, Lord, for the soup kitchen. But we're waiting on a permanent place to meet. We have DNA group after our church, and uh, we're sort of pushing aside cans of green beans and uh, Nemo dolls to find places to meet for our DNA. We're waiting for places to meet with for our DNA group. Waiting for an, uh, maybe maybe you're waiting today for things. Uh, the holidays present 
all sorts of complexities into our lives that we're able to bracket out the other 10 and a half months. Maybe you're waiting to have a difficult conversation with a family member. Maybe you're waiting for a sports season to end or begin. Maybe you're waiting for a baby to be born. Or maybe you're waiting for your baby to get a real job and finally leave the house. (laughs) Friends, today into our world full of longing, of unmet expectations and unfulfilled desires, today we proclaim the good news that God, his presence in Christ, meets us in our waiting and longing to heal and save us this Advent. So Advent, friends, is a season in the church calendar. This is actually the first day, this is the first Sunday of the year in the Christian calendar. So we'll celebrate New Year's and we'll, we'll blow it out. We'll play Pictionary and drink punch. But the, this is the first day of the Christian year. And the first day of the Christian year starts in the season of Advent, which Advent means coming. And it's simply a, a waiting period for for Christmas, for the the incarnation, for God becoming man in Jesus. We practice and celebrate the Christian calendar here at the table. We we typically follow the lectionary and the calendar from Advent all the way through Pentecost. So essentially December through the first week of June or last week of May, we'll be we'll be tracing the life of Jesus in our readings uh, together and in our proclamation together. And Advent is a season in our world. It's a season of getting, making lists of things we want. Even yesterday on a walk, Deacon was telling me about rollerblades at once, and everybody's list is fully stocked. So you might have to wait a little longer for those rollerblades. Like, uh, it's, it's a time of uh, partying and decorating our house, getting things uh, ready, right? We put up a tree last weekend uh, and uh, have been getting we have certain advent traditions we do in our family like there's there's ways of there's ways in our world that that they approach advent um but for the church advent is a time of reconnecting with our story of longing for god's presence to break in oh that you would rend the heavens and come down and so this year uh, at the table we're going to preach through uh the the text from isaiah that, that, that tap into our story, God's people's story, of waiting for God's presence to be more fully manifest, more fully available and real to them than it is. And so uh, we're, we're going to be practicing Advent. I'll share a little bit more at the end of that. But we do this to, to sort of order our waiting. We can't get, we can't get away from waiting. <laughs> That's a part of our life. We can't get away from longing. It's a part of our life. And and one of the things that Jesus teaches us is how to wait well, how to desire and long in a healthy, holy way rather than in a, uh, an unhealthy or unholy way. So the first week of Advent, uh, Scott and Alicia and Delia uh, did their best to light that candle. Um, did, they did a great job. Um, but the first week of Advent is, is, is the theme of hope. And if you notice the readings from today, um, were uh, two of them, the two New Testament readings, mention Christ's second coming. Right? So the first week of the year on the Christian calendar, the first week of Advent, when we're looking forward to Christmas, we're always tying it to the second coming. So Christ's coming in history 
and and the advent of the incarnation in Jerusalem is tied to his second coming uh, at the end of time when he comes to set all things new. So let's talk about our text today from Isaiah. Because uh, these are a people, just to set this up for you, Israel, Israel had broken covenant and had been taken into exile into Babylon. And the first, I don't know, 49 chapters, 44 chapters of Isaiah is about, is about that group of people that are being exiled and living in exile because of their sin. Now, the end of Isaiah is, and this is the text from today, Isaiah 64, is about when Isaiah, uh, uh, Israel had returned to the promised land. They, they were gone for about 70 years, and finally uh, the king of Babylon, the king of Persia at the time, was like, yeah, you guys can go back. You, you've, you've spent enough time living here. So 70 years gone, and they returned from exile, but nothing was the same. So the temple, this beautiful temple that, that Solomon had built, had been completely destroyed. It had begun to become rebuilt, but it was, it was nothing like its former glory. The walls of Jerusalem that protected Jerusalem had been crushed and knocked down and had not been rebuilt. And the foreign power, Persia, Babylon, was, was still over them and still telling them what to do, even though they returned they were now sort of like um, prisoners in their own land. They weren't free anymore. And so we, we see in our text from Isaiah 64, they're, they're calling out for God to act, to do something, right? Rend the heavens, come down, meet, meet us, look at your people. We are, you're our father, you've made us. You're like, we're, we're the clay, you're the potter. Like, these are the images, they're calling out and crying out to God. But there's a consistent theme, friends, throughout these nine verses. The thing that Israel understood was lacking. The prophet Isaiah understood was lacking. The, and, and even today in Advent, I want to suggest to you, we still are longing and lacking this. Is what we need in our waiting is God's presence. God's presence. Now, the, the prophet Isaiah says it in two ways, right? He says... We're in the heavens and come down. Show, these na- show the nations that you're a powerful God, right? So, so we need your presence to defeat the Gentiles. And also later in the text, from verses 5 through 9, he says um, all, of our, all of our deeds are like filthy rags. And, you know, today he would say all of our deeds are like a maxi pad. Like that's what he's saying. Like he's just saying it's, it's, a, it's a spoiled minstrel cloth. That's what our righteousness is without your presence. Without your presence. And so that longing for Isaiah is when God is present, when God is fully present with us, we will see uh, victory over the Gentiles and we will see a righteousness that isn't just performed externally, but that flows out of like who we are. We will become a people, a righteous people. What Israel needs is God's presence. Friends, into our, our world full of longing, of unmet expectations and unfulfilled desires, where we feel exiled, cut off, 
Maybe we're, all the right things are in place. We're living in the land. There's a temple again. But something feels lacking in our life. Today we proclaim the good news that God's presence in Christ meets us in our waiting and longing to heal and save us this Advent. Of course, friends, Christmas, God's presence, Emmanuel, right? God with us comes. God's presence is available to the people of Israel in Jesus. And rather than the expected hope that he would like come like Rambo and, and just take care of all these Gentiles, he comes to take care of, there's victory over the enemies, not by, not by killing and domination, but by including and redeeming. It was a, he fulfilled the longing and expectation in a way that Israel could not have known. Right? And his presence among them as a teacher, we just preached the Sermon on the Mount, the kingdom of God, the constitution of the kingdom of God. His, his teaching reorients everything around the love of God available in Jesus in his presence for us. So the righteousness and the victory that Isaiah was longing for is fulfilled in Jesus. So why do we still wait? That's what I want to know. Why do we still wait? Well, uh, friends, uh, waiting is, we can't get away from waiting. So, like, uh, this past week, friends, there has been all kinds of proclamations of good news in our world about things that you're waiting for that are almost here. Um, this, I've needed a new iPad for about six months because my old iPad... Uh, I can, I, there's a, there was a hand crank on the back side of it. I had to crank it up. And uh, you, could he, you could hear it running. And then the battery would last about 23 minutes. And then it would die. Uh, and so... Uh, yep, same thing with your Sphero. And so, um, so I, I, in July, I said, Hey, Sharon, I need a new iPad. I use it every day for work. I, I preach off of it. This would be great. And she said, what do you think she said? She said, wait until the Black Friday deals. <laughs> So I've been waiting six months for getting a new iPad. And honestly, every time a deal comes up, I, I'm like sending it to Sharon, like in October. I'm like, this is a pretty good deal. I'm not sure Black Friday is going to beat this deal. And she's like, wait till Black Friday. So I, the, day, the day before Black Friday, I was able to get my iPad, right? So you guys, you guys can relate to this, right? Waiting for the deal. Then, then there's, in our culture, there's Cyber Monday. And... And uh, Giving Tuesday, and I'm telling you, next year will be like uh, winning, Wednesday. winning Wednesday and like uh, Turkey Thursday. I don't know what it's going to be, but there's going to be uh, every day after Thanksgiving will have a sale on it, right? And, and so in our world, there's a liturgical formation. Listen to me here. There's a liturgical formation that orders and shapes our desires about waiting for stuff and getting it. Even on Christmas Day. Right? There's nothing wrong with getting an iPad. There's nothing wrong with giving gifts, although you have to wait on the roller blades, on Christmas. But friends, we have a different waiting. We do something different with our desires. And the season of Advent trains us for that. What we don't most desperately need isn't an iPad or rollerblades, or even an adopted kid. What we most desperately need is God's presence to meet us in that desire. 
So Advent then, friends, is a time of waiting that teaches us how to wait for God's presence. For God's presence. Not so we get what we desire, not so we can get over it and move on with our life, but so he can meet us in it, whatever it is, the longing, the desire, the unmet expectation. And sometimes the mourning and transform it and order it and shape it in his presence. So friends, what are you waiting for today? Or what, what things are you waiting for? Some of us are waiting for babies to be born. We have people who are in this season of waiting. Pregnancy teaches us how to wait, right? There's nothing you can do to speed up the process. And the process, you have to submit to it, right? You don't like, you don't get to, there isn't like morning sickness Cyber Monday where you like buy a pill. You know what I mean? Like you just have to go through it. You have to deal with it. So some of us are waiting for babies to be born. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Some of us are waiting for vocational questions to be answered. We're in a season of life where we either haven't, we still haven't found what we're looking for in terms of a vocational fit. Maybe we decided to plant a church two years ago and we still aren't. Are we doing it? I don't know. Maybe, maybe you've been doing something you're really good at vocationally for a long time and you're realizing now that you've been doing it for all the wrong reasons. And if I don't do this, what do I do? What are you waiting for? this advent here's the good news friends here's the good news getting what you're waiting for won't make you happy because there'll be something else to wait for i've already got i got a new ipad and i'm already looking at the ipad keyboard in case like it 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 will not it does not stop but friends inviting god's presence to meet you in your design to order and shape that even if you don't, even if Christopher never comes home. That's the hope of Advent. That is Emmanuel, God with us. Teaching us how to desire, not just getting what we desire. So, Advent is a season of fasting. This is a little confusing for us, because usually uh, those of us who have some inkling of like what, what, like a church calendar, we think of Lent as a time of fasting. Well, Advent's a season of, of expectation and hope and repentance, waiting for God's presence to break into our lives. So, um, <laughs> this this uh, this past week, uh, I I haven't been sleeping well because I've had this awful cold. I've been coughing a lot, and I haven't been sleeping well if I don't take like copious amounts of cold medicine. Which after like three or four nights of that, I'm kind of like, is there a is there a meeting I can go to to get off cold medicine? Because, like, it's going to be a bit of a problem. So, like, I, I'm not taking cold medicine anymore, but I haven't been sleeping. And I, I've been really kind of grouchy and irritable because sleep is, like, like is it in my top five desert island foods. would be Sleep would be in there, even though um, it's not a food. So, uh, starting yesterday, I started fasting from coffee, from caffeine. And uh, that is, there are a few... That, I would challenge anybody in here that you would have an easier time or a harder time than me fasting from coffee. I love coffee. 
I, I, I invited it into my heart many years ago, and I have been faithful to coffee. Very faithful to coffee. Let's all raise a glass. So, uh, so yesterday, so it was part, part of it was, um, Lord, I want to meet you in longing, and I'm, I, I am in touch with so much longing right now. Whew. Uh, like ridiculous amounts of longing. I want to meet. I want to be in touch with God, my like my body and my longing, and I want to. I want to meet. I want to have your presence be in there, right? So fasting isn't about like coffee's bad for you. You better cut it out. A fast is a good way to do that. Look how righteous I am. That is not fasting. Fasting is fasting is this. Fasting is God. I want to. I want to meet you. I want your presence to be here. What in my life could I eliminate? to allow longing and desire to, to like allow that to be available to me so that I can meet you in them. That's what fasting is for. Fasting is not cranking up the air conditioning and being like, look how cool I made things. Fasting is opening the window and waiting for a breeze. It's surrender, not performance. And so, uh, for me, for Advent, I'm just letting you all know, because if I don't let you all know, I'll probably start drinking coffee this afternoon. Um, uh, I'm, I'm just fasting from caffeine, and primarily my, uh, my, my delivery mechanism of choice is delicious, precious coffee. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I invite you, friends, as you, as you sit here this morning, we're going to respond in prayer. We're going to respond in prayer. It's in your book. Just like wherever you're waiting right now, I know all of us are waiting and we're like, why can't this just happen already? Why can't we just have walls and the Gentiles be kicked out and the temple be like back where it was? Why can't we just have a kid already? It's been six, seven, eight years. Right? This is our story. Where, where are you finding yourself in that story today? Right? Where are you finding yourself and then out of that prayer, out of this prayer time, my prayer is that, is that there would, you might have an inkling of how could I meet God more fully in this longing through a fast this Advent, right? By getting in touch with my longings and desires. So this prayer, Lord, while we are waiting for your coming this Christmas, I ask you to meet me or meet us in my or our, whatever it is. Teach me to trust your presence right here. And then, and then we'll commit it to the Lord, Lord, in your mercy, and we'll all say amen.